0: Hello and thank you for joining us for our weekly sermon. This Grand Life Theological Collective is a church based on the belief that there are many paths to God. God is the creator of the universe and smart enough to speak to all of his people in different ways. And there are truths to all religions that we all can learn from. Life is an adventure that we must all experience and learn. And we hope that we can experience it and learn from it together. During 2020, we began this weekly sermon to offer a way to attend and get our weekly lesson from the comfort of your own home without having to congregate during the pandemic. Once we are given the green light to once again meet, thanks to the vaccine and a drop in cases, we look forward to coming together. We will continue this weekly service, however, for those who are unable to join us. On the 20th, we as a country took part in something important, something that only happens every four to eight years. That is the inauguration of a new president. And regardless of how you feel about the man filling the position, it offers us all a change, a new start, a hope that our country can improve. It's no secret that our country has deep troubles. From whence shall come our help? Do we look to the mountains or do we look to the depths? Today, as every day, We look to God for the divine assistance that saves, that rescues, that can calm and unify us as a country. But it will take work and it will take effort from all of us. The deep troubles currently facing America include racial, economic, and political tension. It includes efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, which culminated in a deadly riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. It includes lack of security, an economy that many are unsure of, and a current pandemic. It includes homelessness and too many children not knowing where their next meal will come from or when it will arrive. It also includes the fact that no one can deny that this inauguration was very different. Because of the events of January 6th, the streets outside the inauguration were filled with police officers and military troops, rather than boisterous crowds of Americans excited to take part in Inauguration Day. Now that I've depressed everyone, there is still hope. And Inauguration was a day of hope, a day of coming together, a day that could trigger a potential change. Even during his inaugural speech... Moments after he was sworn in as the 46th President of the United States, President Joe Biden said the day was a day of history and hope. And it truly was. That is true regardless if you are a Republican or Democrat, liberal or conservative, or something in between. It offers hope. Hope for all of us that just like the person filling the position has changed, so can we. And so can America. The U.S. has never been divided like it has been during the last year, both politically and socially. As President Biden stated, without unity, there will be no peace. We must end this uncivil war. We can end it, and we can come together to make all of our lives better. This is the hope that Inauguration Day brings for this country. But it takes all of us, and only through our efforts can things change. We can't wait on the politicians to make things change. We have to be the change. This hope can and should signal a movement toward a better tomorrow as we come together as a country. Our similarities are greater than our differences. Our hopes and dreams are the same when you really consider it. In some way, don't we all seek a kind of heaven or of paradise? Don't we long for the assurance of a good life, a meaningful life, a purposeful life? Religion is about the search for these answers. What makes life worth living? What makes life? What makes me? What is good? Now, I can't give you these answers. Rather, we all must wrestle with the answers ourselves. We are each challenged to write and deliver our own credo. While credo literally means I believe, I feel that it's important to think of religion not simply as statements of belief, but also as actions that shape our lives. For me, a credo statement is more like a compass. It expresses the values and way of approaching the world that orients the direction of one's life. In the Christianity of my youth, the compass pointed to Jesus, and Jesus pointed to heaven. The compass always pointed beyond this earth, beyond the people inhabiting the planet, beyond rocks, beyond animals, the plants and the ocean, beyond the world and towards another. So what about you? As a child were you handed a compass and taught where it pointed, perhaps it pointed to science, dismissing religious claims as irrational, or maybe your compass pointed to the mass or the confessional, to rituals that would remind you that you had fallen short and a path towards setting it right again was there. Perhaps. Some of you received a compass that pointed you towards the importance of family or of making money. Maybe the compass pointed to staying safe and working hard. Wherever that compass that you received pointed, I suspect that many of us started testing the accuracy of the compass that we were handed. Will this really lead me to happiness, towards feeling good, towards feeling fulfilled and purposeful? Eventually, I set down my compass I had inherited from my family. Instead, I wandered for a bit, searching, exploring, a bit lost, but always knowing a path was there. But then, I began to identify landmarks in my life. Places that felt solid, and secure, and stable. The freedom to ask questions became one landmark. I needed intellectual openness as well as introspective reflection, and the need for love became another landmark. I longed for people who knew me intimately and whom I knew as well. People who cared about my well-being, and I cared about theirs. Other landmarks that emerged include the importance of time spent outside in places of beauty and uh, wildness as well as the opportunity to spend that time with my wife and my children. And as a young man, I was gone from home a lot. My job kept me away from home. So the time I had to spend with my wife and kids was extremely important to me. As these particular landmarks emerged to orient my life, My gaze reoriented from looking beyond the horizon on this world and settled instead on my family, the contours of the landscape of the here and the now. But that is what this life is about after all. It is where we come to learn, to experience what life has to offer and become better beings due to those lessons and experiences. In their book, Saving Paradise, scholars Rita Brock and Rebecca Parker argue that the Christian story is one that can orient people to the paradise that is here and now. Pointing to early Christians' depictions in art and text, they illustrate how early images portrayed abundant gardens and a living Christ walking within this world. The promise of Christianity was not escape from this world to another, but Rather, the view that following Jesus showed a way to live that brought people into joyful community. The promise of abundant life became real by living with others in relationship of justice and love. Abundant life here and now meant taking delight in the garden of this world with trees bearing luscious fruit, rivers of clear water, and verdant landscapes of rich harvests. Such early Christians reflected the most basic visions of the good life, food to eat, and people to share it with. Brock and Parker's depiction of early Christianity orients the religious compass towards a renewed vision of paradise. They portray lush images of beauty and delight. Even as they challenge the notion that paradise is life without struggle, life free from wrestling with legacies of injustice and current forces of evil, paradise is not an escape from the challenges of life. Rather, paradise is getting through those challenges. By working together and helping each other, it is the capacity to perceive the beauty and the goodness that is here and now. Even amidst the challenges and struggles, sorrows and losses, because amidst all the hardship that life can bring, there is also a presence of beauty of love, of gratitude, and of empathy. Paradise is here and now, and paradise is not without its struggles. Paradise, like the earth that sustains us, is comprised of cycles of life and death, of life-giving and life-destroying dynamics within and around us. Living in paradise is to live within this sacred circle of life. Grateful for the gifts of delight, beauty, and love. Even as we struggle against that which would harm the flourishing of life in ourselves or in others, this is the paradise. I believe we can celebrate an open-hearted embrace of a life we know is full of delights, but not without struggle. And so, this is my credo. This is my compass I believe in communities that promote the flourishing of life in people and the planet that sustains us. Knowing that life brings both struggle and delights, may you hold fast to your hope and faith that promises the renewing power of life to sustain us through the season and cycle of life. And may you know your compass, your landmarks, and the spiritual pinnacle to which you orient your own personal journey, your life. It is only after we identify that journey and that life that we choose to live, the life that we are guided towards through the experiences that have been set before us that we can begin to live a life of happiness and joy, a life worth living. And it is only through living a life worth living that we can find joy and become a beacon of hope for others. Sometimes, this is harder than it sounds though. Sometimes, we get lost. Sometimes, our compass gets stuck. But, we have an advantage. We have the advantage of being part of a community. Being part of a community of believers has numerous benefits. First, they encourage your own personal journey towards your faith. They are there to laugh and enjoy life with. And, when times get tough, they remind you, that you are stronger than you think you are. Second, they keep you grounded in the faith. They speak the truth in love and hold you accountable for what you do. They are there for you when you need support. We don't push you or force you up the mountain, but when it comes time, members of the community are there to show you a foothold, help you up a steep portion of terrain, or let you know there is a path behind those bushes. Hebrews 10:25 says, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Remember, no one is perfect. We have all been lost and broken at one time or another. So, let's exemplify God's love, not condemnation, by how we live our daily lives. And remember, It is up to you because only you can make your life and your world as grand as you want it to be. And I know you can do this. Thank you again for joining us and listening to our weekly sermon. This Grand Life Theological Collective is a church based on the belief that there are many paths to God. God is the creator of the universe and smart enough to speak to all of his people in different ways. And there are truths to all religion that we can all learn from. Life is an adventure that we must all experience and learn from. And we hope that we can experience it and learn from it together. Remember, we release... Episodes on Tuesday and our sermons on Sunday. So, until next Tuesday, have a great week.